All right, we're in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Uh, Jesus is still having his ministry. He's working his way. He's, uh, we could, we're starting to see now the difference between when he talks to the crowd, half the time he's addressing the Pharisees. There's this ongoing repartee that's public. And then there's the times where he talks to his people about what he was saying in public. So there is a difference, and we need to realize that. And we, Hi, Cheryl, how you doing? Oh, good, she's muted. Um, I've been trying to find that button oh, for 39 man. years. Oh, man. She can't hear, oh, she can hear me. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> Mute muted me, she can't hear me. It means I can't hear her. Guess who's sleeping oh, on the wow. porch tonight? <laughs> You're turning it on to look at you. <laughs> wow, that didn't work. That didn't work well. Hi, sweetheart. Hi, honey. I, I'm here finally. Yeah, Thank I you. mean, I'm second in. I was in between. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. And oh, and by the way, yeah, she was talking to um, uh, Lynn, and she also her brother Jerry. Remember, we were praying for Jerry mm-hmm. he had prostate issues. Right. That went well. Good. I just want to let yeah. you guys know the in California, yeah. and they're coming in for Easter, so right. that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, and Lynn said thank you for all the prayers we just um, yeah. put up. So uh, she appreciated everyone praying for her and the love and support. So thank you. Yeah, Lynn's a sweetheart. Yep. And we're on verse 33. Um, 33, okay. Yeah, chapter, chapter what? 13, 12, sorry. 12. I'm on 13. I'm working ahead, so yeah. Okay. Never mind me. Verse thirty three, right? Yep. Um, okay. We had just got we just got done speaking about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and all that stuff, and you know what will be forgiven. And this is the next verse after that. Either oh, make right. either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Now that's a really simple thing. Uh, bottom line is uh, that's something you could apply to your life. There's a lot of things we say, and we think that by saying them, we're being Christian. It's what we do. It, it is. It's the fruit is the work, the good works that you do. You're not saved by them. You're saved to do them. So if you're not doing them, what's up? You know, you know, if you're saved by faith through grace to do them, and you're not doing them, and there's nothing in your life that shows that. Now, undoubtedly, there are times when God is ministering to you. I mean, there's undoubtedly times where he just sets you down and deals with you. And it's not time for you to go out and do something at that time. It's time for you to be put down and set in front of God. And he's pre- what's he doing? He's preparing you to go do good works. And what a good work is for you or for me, I mean, it could be something totally different. But it's still a good work. It's doing something for the kingdom. It's caring for the people who don't know the Lord. It's helping the people who do. It's all these things. And what he's saying is, you know, because he was doing the difference, basically, he's still talking about the Pharisees and the religious leaders, the people he really expected more from, the people who should have known who he was, the people who should have been pointing and saying, this is him, this is the Messiah, they were the ones fighting him. So we have to understand, you know, we, sometimes we forget that, that how bad this is, that the religious leaders don't know God when he shows up. That's just how bad it is. And what it says, you're, you're not what you do, and you are what you do and say. You prove your heart with your life. Jesus uses this analogy three times in Matthew. Uh, chapter 7, chapter 12 here, and chapter 15. Basically, the proof's in the pudding. And this isn't for us to go around and judge other people. You know, well, what good work are they doing? You know, this is to judge yourself. 
Uh, so much of Christianity is not looking at what other people are doing wrong. Yourself, it's it, it honestly because the only thing you can deal with is what's in the mirror. Yeah. Amen. I mean, I'm my biggest problem. Uh, the far right isn't my problem. The far left isn't my problem. Uh, my problem is me. And God has been gracious, and He's. That's why we use the word sanctification, which means God making you holy. He doesn't just save us and leave us as we are. He changes us into what we are destined to be. Because how can we ever receive all the things the Scripture says we're to receive? It uses the word glory, and we're afraid to think about it because we know we don't deserve it. It has nothing to do with deserving it. It has. That's what He wants for us. Uh, you know, you will sit on my throne with me as I sat on my father's throne. Wow! I mean, we read that and we move on. Don't move on. Think about that. You know what I mean? Uh, we were just saying, do you not know you will judge the angels? Uh-huh. No, I didn't know that. You know, because I'm not worthy of doing it. You will be. Because he's making you that way. He will not give us that power to... So do you not know you will judge the world? Do you not know you will judge the angels? You're not doing any of those things till pride is gone. And that's what this life does. It sanctifies you so that you can get all these things he has for you. Jesus expands on this thought in the next four verses. Specifically, focusing in on our words is proof of our hearts. Mm. Sooner or later, they will prove your motives. Um, This is a tough one. Because some of us are pretty free with words. (laughs) Some of us... (laughs) Uh, you know, it's it's about the motive and, and why you're saying what you're saying, um, and it will come out. You can only hide your heart with your words for so long. You can only pretend. You can only act nice and say nice things for only a little bit of time. Sooner or later, you're going to say what's in your heart. And that's, the, that's why people don't want to get into fellowship real deep, because if I keep spending time with you and we get really close, you're going to see what I really am. And I'm going to, yeah, thank you. And, but see, it's mutually assured destruction is what it is. It works because that means I'm going to see you and I'm not okay. You're not okay. God says that's okay because I'm working on you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not expecting perfection. We could get in fellowship and be, oh, sure, go ahead, brother. And we could be what we are without it overwhelming us and destroying our fellowship. It's not fatal, whatever we are. You can only add your heart for so long. A little pressure brings these infections to the surface. All that has to happen is a little pressure, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of something I don't want, uh, like changing churches. or it, uh, No, it could be anything. And it's like squeezing a pimple. <laughs> pressure makes what's in there come out, and it will. Peter denied Christ. I don't know him. I mean, that anger, it says he cursed and said, I don't know him. So put your own curse word in there. Think of somebody cutting somebody off in traffic. And I mean, that anger, you know what I mean? Hi, Cheryl. Yeah, we we know, honey. She made someone, she made someone use the name, the Lord's name. She used, she made somebody call upon the name of the Lord while she turned from the wrong lane. Uh, (laughs) Peter didn't know that was in his heart. Until he heard himself say it. Uh, our own words prove God's righteous judgment. Uh, and they prove him right. His word judges us. Our words prove it's correct. 
Uh, we think we control our tongue, but the truth is that our uh, I don't know, tongues prove what controls us. They are, it's the proof in the pudding. Uh, John 12, 47 through 48, if anyone hears my sayings and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save him. He rejects me and does not receive my sayings as one who judge him. The words that I spoke will judge him in the last day. That's the difference between our words and his words. The words that he spoke judge us. The words we speak are judged by his words. Because what are his words? Pure. Absolute purity. Truth. Whereas my words aren't always. I mean, we've been together long enough, guys. We know each other fairly well. What's this coming up on my 12th year here? I mean, we know each other. Uh, I mean, not to the point where we know everything, but and the point of the matter, we've seen each other at our best. We've seen each other at our worst, and uh, we're still here. Uh, The words we speak will be judged against the words Jesus spoke. Perhaps we will hear the words of Jesus, then when we hear what we said, and there may be hell to pay for the difference. I I do not... mm, I do not long to hear my own words said back to me as I stand before Jesus Christ. You know, uh, not for judgment, for you know, not the great white throne mm-hmm. judgment, but the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, to hear my own words come back, uh, they, they're there. And, you know, I'll say it again. Just they're recorded. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And and if that and if they're a true reflection of my heart, that's all that needs to happen. Yeah. You know, I know what you said, and I know why you said it. And there isn't, and there's a world of difference between those two things. I'll go back one more time, and my, that moment of epiphany for me when I came in from work, and I was at lunchtime, and Cheryl was trying to tell me about the friend that had cancer that I barely knew. And I, you know, police, and I always use the excuse of police work being, you know, I just need to decompress because God only knows what I just did or what I had to deal with. But she just keeps telling me about this person I barely know. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and I'm like, and she keeps going. I'm like, uh, all right. You know, and I try to make it known I don't want to hear anymore. And finally, the third time, I said, sure, I don't care. It's like, oh. It, it, yeah, and it's like they were sitting out there in front of me. It was yeah. like I could see the words, oh, I don't care. And I was like, oh, crap. But it came out of me. You know, I could say I just wanted to be left alone, but the truth of the matter is, if I cared enough, I wouldn't have worried that much about being left alone. Right. You know, and that's what Cheryl said to me. Well, man, you're talking about getting into ministry, and I says, well, God's gonna have to change that. Uh, I, that's me. That needs to be changed. So what happened to me is I got hurt, <laughs> and that changed. <laughs> you know, I, I, how did God change it? He put me in a position. I'm in pain every day, and. And now I care more. When I hear somebody's hurt or sick, I get it. And I don't, I don't think I've said that since then, <laughs> you know, since I got hurt. You have compassion for well, it. Yeah, I do. Empathy, compassion, whatever the word is. Yeah. Um, God changed me. And you know what? I'm thankful for it because that change is eternal. Yeah, I'm suffering a little bit now. But that ain't going to last forever. That's just a little bit, buddy. Sooner or later, I'm going to be standing in, you know, before the throne of God. We'll be jumping and, up and down. Yep. And then I, and, but that... It's going to stay. So, but how fantastic that Cheryl handled it that way. Oh yeah. And I mean that—that's just phenomenal. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, what bothered me most was a sense of disappointment in me, because I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader, dude. You know what I mean? And in that moment, I was just 
some creep, you know. And, you know, I, for a while I blamed it on being a cop and, you know, the stress and all that. Bull. It's a bunch of crap. You know, I, it was my choice. I, I did it. And Jesus' words will test and confront our words. Uh, <laughs> the words that he spoke will judge us is exactly what I just read from John 12. The word that I spoke. So when you stand before the Lord, uh, what's going to happen is his words are going to be used. And then your words are going to be compared. And there you go. And I can't stand in front of that. Mm-hmm. So much for grace. So much for what I owe him. Um, I am a sinner saved by grace. I have never been more than that. Um, it, I am, if I am anything good, it is him. I cannot wait for that moment. It says when he, it says we will receive a crown of righteousness. I cannot wait to take that crown and lay it at his feet, because it's his righteousness. Yes, what right. a moment! I long for that moment to stand be, to just before Christ, take that crown off that he just put on my head and put it at his feet, and just thank you. I mean, uh, I can't say thank you any other way that would be more profound than that. I'm deserving. You, oh, amen. You did it all. Amen. And. Yeah. That he would let me do that. Give me that opportunity to do that. You know, what? there's a group that's called Casting Crowns, and I, mm-hmm. I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We won't give an account for ourselves then. Every uh, word we speak now uh, is the account we will give then. We are speaking our defense now. Right now. What you say now is, yeah. John 5, 44 through 47. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that is from above from the one and only God? Don't we all? Do not think I will accuse you before the Father. One who accuses you is... He's talking to the religious leaders. The one who accuses you is Moses. When every time you hear Moses, what do you think? Law. The law will Mm. accuse you. And whom you have set your hope. See, they keep attacking him with the law. And he said, don't you guys get it? The law is what's going to nail you guys, not me. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me. If you believe the law, you would know who I am. For he wrote about me. If you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So they kept saying, you know, we don't follow you. We follow Moses. He goes, oh, if you followed Moses, you'd know exactly who I am. I am the culmination of the law. What did he say? I came to fulfill it. And remember... The law was given so that sin may increase. That's what Romans says. Mm-hmm. It's the MRI that shows you you're sick. It has to be there. None of us can go to the law and say, I could do this on my own. Hmm. That's the power of the law. The law doesn't, can't save anybody. It never did. It just shows you, who it you, shows you, you need saved. Yeah. And that's why it's there. And... Well, nobody, we don't, we haven't taught that. The fact that their word spoke against Jesus condemns them under the law, whose purpose was to point to Jesus. That's the whole purpose of the law. John 44, uh, 5, 44 through 47, the written law will contradict your words about Jesus. Uh, Moses' writings are Jesus' words. Who inspired Moses? These are the words of God. This is Jesus having Moses write about him before he gets here. This he is, is Jesus. He is the, the word, word, is he not? So he's telling Moses what to write so that when he gets here, people will know it's him. It's his own introduction. They missed it totally. The people who should have got it. 
the people whose job it was to know it, focused on themselves and not on the Lord. The, the, claw, the law that they claim to cling to will speak against them. The fact that their words spoke against Jesus condemns them. The fact that they condemn Jesus condemns them under the law whose purpose was to point to Jesus. Jesus relates Moses' writing to his words, the same truth. So how can you say you accept one and then say you reject the other when they're the same thing? It's like, I love my wife. It's like saying, I love my wife, but I hate Cheryl. It's that same thing. How can you do that? How can I say, I love my wife, but I hate Cheryl? I mean, that's what Jesus is saying. They're saying. Mm -hmm. And don't you guys get it? I just made that up, honey. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Keep keep cooking. Uh, Then he said, you brood of vipers. Now, remember, this all came from him talking to them about... uh, them, hit them blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, doing the things they were doing. So this is still that conversation. You brood of vipers. <laughs> I was just yeah, that. yeah, yeah, dude. I yeah. mean, this these With are the John religious the leaders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John the Baptist, him. You bunch of snakes. You bunch of snakes. <laughs> uh, uh, and he knows these are the guys who are going to kill him. And he pokes the nest. He pokes that hornet's nest just continually. No fear. No nothing. How can you, being evil, this is in public. He is talking to the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, in front of a crowd of people, and he's calling them evil. Speak what's good. He said, you, you're not even, you're evil, you can't say good things. For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Calls them vipers three times in Matthews. They poison the nation instead of strengthening it. A viper isn't just a snake. A viper is a poisonous snake. They lay in wait and they strike. Satan was a serpent. Amen. The power and influence of the word is addressed in the next four verses. Eventually, what you really think of what you feel will be spoken to someone. That, if there is a beauty into marriage, it is that. Some people, there are people who don't need it. There are people who can deal with this between themselves and God. Uh, Much like my situation, if I wasn't married to Cheryl, I would have never seen that. There are so many things about myself that marriage made the mirror brighter. It made me look at the mirror of what I am. Uh, Because if you care about someone enough, you'll deal with it. If, if If they weren't there, I wouldn't deal with it. I wouldn't even know it, some right. of it, because I wouldn't have done the stupid thing or the ugly thing that I just did and have to say I'm sorry for, right. or you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, marriage is part of the sanctification process. Some people don't need it. Uh, the Lord can deal with it, and it, it works. I mean, I owe her so much for, for putting up with me while I grow. But isn't that what the vow we make is? You know, when we yeah. say for better or for worse, it's it's basically saying what's wrong with you now belongs to me. I mean, to the point where, you know, it, it's acceptable. But, you know, I know that. I know there's stuff wrong with you. You know there's stuff wrong with me. And it's not going to be fatal to our relationship, which is a mirror of Christ oh, being, yeah, Christ in the church. Thank you. That mm-hmm. I know that you have problems. I know you're going to screw up. I know I'm going to have to deal with things in you. I know you need sanctified. Come on, I love you anyway. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna I will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. Really? 
do you know who I am <laughs> and what I'm capable of thinking and I'm doing? Glad it's you and not me. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> and he has stuck by it yep. absolutely positively from the time he said it till till eternity. Yep. Never. We can hide it. Uh, we can hide words we believe others by speaking words we believe others want to hear. We sound like Christians. We know how to do that. After a while, you get pretty good at it. You get what should I say at church that'll make me seem. Uh, a little more spiritual than what I really am, you know what I mean? And you get it gets to be a little bit of a game, but sooner or later you will sp- speak the truth that you think, feel, or believe, and it'll be extremely embarrassing. It, it always is. But I would rather be embarrassed here and have it dealt with than there. Um, uh, we've It's been a while since I said it, but if we're going to be here, if we're going to be separated from the presence of God, uh, for even a short period of time, if we have to go through this tough, tough world, and it is, we made it so he didn't, we did. Uh-huh. If we have to do this, let's get everything done we can. If I have to be here, let's get it done. Let's not leave anything unturned. And I know when I say that, I say it with a little bit of fear, <laughs> like yeah. you know, I sort of mean that, like yeah. That. You know, and you're looking for the lightning bolt, you know. But I honestly, deep in my heart, I really mean it. Um, I don't want to regret that I didn't face something that I should have faced. Um, do what you need to do. Do what you need. Yeah, thank you. Do what, do what has to be done, Lord, uh, even if I complain about it. Yeah. Well, no, when I complain about it, not even if, yeah. but when I complain yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, patience have a perfect word. Amen. Amen. The goal was repentance, brothers and sisters. When we ask ourselves in frustration or embarrassment, what did I say? Why did I say that? Like, oh, did I say? In those moments, that's a really important moment in your life. When you see yourself doing something, or, well, when you say something that proves what's in your heart, and you know it, and there it is sitting in front of you, that's a really important moment in your life. It's That moment is why you're still here. Part of yeah. There's two reasons. Right. Remember, there's two reasons. Where, get that out like of once, you. Right. Once the Lord saves you, why are we still here? Why not just go there? Like well, thank you. To change us and to use us. Both of those things is what God does with us after we enter the kingdom. I will use you for the kingdom even though you're flawed, even though you're screwed up. I'm still going to use you. But while I'm using you, you're back in the oven. <laughs> you know, And you're not coming out of the oven till it's done. If it's not done yet, then... Why go into the oven and come out undone? It's my point. Yeah. If you're in the oven, well, well, what he calls the furnace of affliction that defines, refines my people. Egypt had a purpose. You know, when God said, I refine my people in the furnace of affliction, wow. Like gold or silver, he's, he's get ne- the impurities Exactly. Out. He's never changed those words. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. Um, and so you can hear it. You can't take them back. But you can't address the cause of them. If you do, then that defeat walks you into victory. And you're one step closer to the image of Jesus Christ. One thing, the hotter it gets, the more that comes out. Amen. Uh, Just like metal. Pressure. The hotter it gets, the more the crap comes out of it. So if you're wondering, why does God put me in pressure situations? Because pressure produces what? Times. 
the truth that needs to, all that needs to come out and pressure it. All that's left is that pure carbon and it's lined up perfectly, um, indestructible. Mm-hmm. That's what pressure does. And yet we pray, God, take the pressure away. God says, no, I want the pressure. I'm not taking it away. I will get you through it. I won't take you out of it. And because there's a reason. He knows what you need. What, what does scripture say? In this life, you will have trials. It's, it's not optional. We think that when we receive Christ that, oh, nothing, you know, I'll get everything I want. And no, what's happening is everything you want changes. He's changing what you want. He's not giving you what you want. He's changing what you want. So that all those stupid things you wanted before, they're not even a thought anymore. They're like, I don't care about that stuff. Ephesians four twenty nine uh, through 32. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Hmm. <laughs> this is is that when you're like Fred Flintstone yeah. in a mailbox and screaming it? <laughs> this is tougher for some of us than others because some of us are pretty good, pretty good at unwholesome words. When you're good at it, it gives you a good feeling. It just does. It's like Eddie Haskell, you know. It's yours to control. There are no legitimate excuses, but only such a word that is good for edification, helping according to the need of the moment. Wow, he's not giving any wiggle room here, man. It's so that it will give grace to those who hear it. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Our words cause God grief, sadness. I'm sure they do. I don't know how many times God listened to me and went, oh, man. What did he do now? <laughs> Why, Jeff? Yeah. Why? Why? You know, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let, and this is how you do it. This is how you handle the words. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Allow it to happen. Let it. The spirit inside of you wants it to happen. Your flesh doesn't want it to happen. Mm -hmm. Let the spirit win. I still deal with this. Every day of my life. That's one of the lines you hear at the tables. Like, uh, I've been yeah. you with you this long, and yep. you still don't know me? Yeah. <laughs> you still Amen. don't know? Uh, just like Jesus looked at his disciples and yeah. said it, you know, yeah. God, can we blow them up? Yeah. What are you talking about? Why would I want you to do that? You know, but they're like, oh. <laughs> but it came out of their mouth. Yeah. You know, right. let, let us kill them, Lord, with fire. Yeah. Bring it Men, down. women, children, animals, let us kill them all because they insulted us. She's like, what? You know, yeah. And these are the heavy hitters. So if they have to fight this fight, I'm uh, yeah. pretty sure i got to fight it. Be kind to one another. This is the verse. Uh, because way back, Cheryl, to our early Christian days, <laughs> be kind to one another, tended harder, forgetting one another, just as Christ did. Ephesians 4.30. There's a song. 432 and Barb Thomas, yeah, uh, Deb Thomas singing that song at Bible study. Deb Thomas is the wife of the guy who had brain damage from the bicycle accident. Remember what kept praying for him? He's still not well. Deb Thomas is a soldier in the army of God. She really is. She is just a stalwart. I mean, she just, yeah, bless her heart. But she taught me that song, and every time I read this verse, I think of her singing. Mm-hmm. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other. Just as... Okay, 
This tells us you can't let these words come out, and this, then it tells us how to stop them from coming out. Right here. It's right here. Let, let all bitterness, because where do these words come from? Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice. I have no claim to those things. No matter what anybody does to me, I have no claim to those things. Jesus Christ said, I have forgiven you, forgive as I have forgiven you. That's not an option. If you're going to accept what I did for you, this is what I demand in return. If you're going to accept my forgiveness, you have to. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. This is what you need to do. And he's still teaching it to me. I mean, I, he didn't tell me to do this, and then I failed, and then he struck me dead. Right. He's teaching me. And every time I read this, it goes a little deeper into my heart. And I see a little more myself where I haven't done this, where I haven't let it go, you know, where I think I have a right. <laughs> I don't, you know. That's actually a big part of the work that the step study sure it is. covers. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sorry. No, that was it. Good. Well, if you say something that you shouldn't have said, I mean, can you repent over what you said? Oh, sure. You know what I mean? yeah, oh, yeah. Right, definitely. Uh, but that's what God wants. Yeah, he wants you to realize what you said and repent from it. And repent from it. And you know what? And Lord, I'm repenting, and I'm not sure I'm not going to do this again. But if I do, let me apologize in advance and help me help oh, me yeah. not to do that, that again. again. Uh-huh. Well, you have to come to the realization on any of these things that it's not you that changes you. It's him. Amen. It's his word. It's the spirit. It's fellowship. Those three things are the three things that are ours to do. And he knows your heart. And he knows your heart. And once again, what you want will change. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to say those things. Whereas there was a time I said those things and I enjoyed it. You know, oh, I got them. I nailed them. I was like, yeah. You know, and, you know, woohoo, I won. You You didn't win nothing. (laughs) You defeated yourself, you know, and then you're running around claiming you won. It's, It's idiotic. Uh, a couple more. James 3.2 addresses this. For we all stumble in many ways, but if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man. So hmm. there is no one who doesn't stumble in what he says, yeah. able to bridle the whole body as well. Man, it's true. It's true. You can try to hide it, but them words are coming out. Our words are the audible effect of our pride. They are a direct reflection of their cause. If you cannot control your tongue then you are controlled by pride. Uh, Good luck with that. Saying I didn't mean it usually means I didn't mean for you to hear it. I said it (laughs) not so much to hurt you, but to make me feel better about myself. That true all the time. James again, 3, 9 through 12. Same point as Jesus made. With it, we bless the Lord... our, our words. With it we bless the Lord the Father, and with it we curse men mm-hmm. who have been made in the likeness of God. I get up there and I preach the gospel and then somebody cuts me off in traffic <laughs> and I'm saying thing about their mother. You know what I mean? It just happens. It just comes out. It just yeah. And you go, oh man, you know, and it's showing me my heart. <sighs> you know, and my prayer has always been, Lord, while you're showing me what's wrong with me, try to stop me from hurting other people. Let it just hurt me, you know, but it's not how it works, man. You do hurt other people, and that makes you want to change even more. Uh, from the same mouth comes both blessing and curse. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Don't get comfortable with it. 
Don't allow yourself to believe, well, that's just how I am, and that's just how we are. That's how my family was. That's what I learned. I was a mill worker. I was a cop. I was all these things. And of course, I'm that way. No, shut up. Yeah. You, that's not true. None of yeah. it's true. So you say your tongue's like a sword. Amen. It ought not be that way, yeah. God is saying. No, you're wrong. There are no excuses. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt produce uh, fresh water. Our harsh words prove what we are. Our words of grace show whose we are. Let me say it again. Our harsh words prove what we are. Our words of grace prove whose we are. The good that comes from me, and if it comes out of my mouth, it's coming from him. These contra this contrasting dichotomy is the proof of the battle we fight every single day. Our war of words is the auditory proof of our war between pride and humility. We'll leave off there. Verse 35, let me write that down. Any questions, comments, criticisms? Verse 35. Let me remember that so that next time I don't go... Off. Wow, we did two whole verses. Yeah. Go speed racer. <laughs> That's the beauty of this, man. I, I appreciate you guys so much for wanting to go this deep into this. I mean, uh, this isn't your usual. Was you know, this isn't your usual Bible study. That I know that. And um, honestly, I'll say it again. This is seminary level stuff. And, you know, you guys just sit here and encourage me to do it, and I'm very thankful. And half the time I'm a chapter ahead, and I forget what was in here, and then when I read it again, I go, well, that's really good. And I forgot about it because I'm on chapter 13, you know. And uh, teaches you like teaching. Yeah. Like I said, on chapter 12, I have 32 pages of notes. But God lets me do this. God allows me to do this. I mean, to go that deep into his word with a purpose, you know, and to yeah. then to bring it and share it. Dude, I've never had a job where I loved what I do like I do this. I, don't tell anybody, but I would pay to do this. Ah. Don't tell anybody that. But you know, honestly, it, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> no. Could you say that again? <laughs> Uh, every time I come, that's why I love this. I, I, I really enjoy preaching, but this I just—it binds us all. You could feel the fellowship. You know what I mean of what we have in common through the Word. And in a mean, nasty world, man, it's so good to feel that. It just is. So, well, let's pray. Lord, we come before you, and I just, Father, I just thank you for your Word, and once again. Uh, just bypass any mistakes I made, Lord, and let your spirit drive home what you want driven home. And let that word go into our hearts and change us. And I just ask that you watch over my brothers and sisters here. Uh, make them strong, wise, brave, and compassionate. And help them to glorify your name in what they think, mm. what they do, and what they say. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.